up, everybody? Welcome to the show. My name's Emily. And I'm Paige. And this shit depressing. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. Well, how's it going? (laughs) It's actually going really well. I think I slept for about 12 hours last night, which I have desperately needed. Um, Not to mince words, but my sleep debt is like almost as high as the U.S. total debt. It's in the trillions, I do got to say. Um, but I, you know, I woke up at 10.50, I think three this morning, and usually I wake up anywhere from five to eight, depending on when I'm working. And it was a little alarming. Tina was extremely upset with me, but it was good. It was good. Worth it. Yeah. I hate those fucking articles that are like, you cannot quote unquote, catch up on sleep on weekends. Your circadian rhythm doesn't know what a weekend is. You need to be going to bed and waking up at the same time every day. I'm like, fuck off Pinterest. Second of all, yes, I can. And I'll prove it to you. I will, once we're done with this, I'll send you a link to an amazing TED talk I listened to in my uh, medical anthropology class about how we are getting the best sleep we have ever gotten as homo sapiens because they think that like our archaic ancestors were waking up several times during the night to like bop around and take care of kids or like eat something or do this and this so they're like I feel like sleep in general is just kind of like ambiguous slash questionable to scientists like why we need it what exactly the benefits like the the physiological benefits are but anthropological researchers believe that we are getting amazing sleep and comparatively with other primates we sleep longer and we have longer rem cycles which is like the deepest form of sleep so we're getting like the best sleep out of any primate and you know we got to take advantage of that while we can that is fascinating. Please send me that TED Talk. I love a good TED Talk. Well, I will happily do it if I can find it. I think I should be able to find it, but we'll see. Yeah. I Confession time at my old job when I would be bored as shit, I would just watch TED Talks. <laughs> That's amazing. At my old job when I was bored, I would watch Judge Judy. I mean, that's educational, too. Yeah. <laughs> what if I was, like, sexy Judge Judy for this Halloween? I personally support that decision to the fullest of my abilities. I kind of want to be the lawyer from the Amanda show and then have Jacob be like one of the dancing lobsters. I like that a lot too. I mean, Judge Judy, what was her name? Judge Trudy. And yeah, I love the Amanda show so much. I think you should do that. Danny, like a couple months ago, he brought up, was it Danny? Or was it you? I don't know. But it was it was someone in my life. No, it was Millie. A combination of the two. I don't know. <laughs> Millie was saying that she had this, like, weird memory of the Amanda show. And it was the skit where Drake and Josh are, like, mobsters? Question mark. And Josh goes, you wait. 
that cannoli. And she, I, I Googled that shit for hours, could not find the clip, but I can hear it playing in my head. I can hear the cadence. I can see him delivering it, but I can't find the clip of it. Yeah, what is the deal with that show not being available on anything? Where's the justice? I I feel like it's like shade thrown on thrown onto Amanda Bynes because she quote unquote like had a breakdown or whatever. But why don't you try being a child star for years and being manipulated and taken advantage of by literal adults? So let let Amanda be at peace. Let Britney be at peace. Release Britney from her conservatorship. I just let women child actors live their lives and stop tormenting them. Fully agree. Also want to make the point that I had a mental breakdown and I was not a child actor. So let all women having a mental breakdown have a break. And I stand by that. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> really, what we're doing here is putting off talking about this awful chapter that we had to read. <laughs> what do you think of it? It's called The End. What do you think of it, Paige? It was just like, it was a bummer. The second half, I, I know I say this for every chapter of this fucking book, but this was a bummer. The second half of the last chapter, I was like, damn, like, you can definitely tell the tone is off, like, the vibe is off, like, you know that something bad is happening. Literally, first paragraph of this chapter, you know shit is about to go down. Literally, I think the first the first line is like, I felt hideous this morning. I slept horrible this morning. You already know the shit is going to be bad. And, like, like, I have lived this. I have lived this, like, first half of just knowing that breakup is coming. The vibes are completely off. Your significant other is acting completely out of whack. You can tell something is not going well. No matter what you do, you can't, like, get them to act any way that you're familiar with. It is just, it was, that was just, like, painful for me to read and just seeing her response to the breakup was heartbreaking like I was I was feeling that numbness that she was feeling that unex the her like physical reaction to almost unaccepting the news like I'm uh, unaccepting it so much she's like pushing it out and just literally feeling nothing it's just it was so sad yeah yeah, I mean, this whole thing is, this whole thing is, I don't want to say interesting, but it's a conversation on mental health for sure. I don't know if it's handled the best way. I don't know that I'm qualified to speak on that. Um, I guess we can talk about it more as we go forward and kind of see how Bella is in further chapters. But yeah, it was rough. Also, I would just like to say from the jump that what was the point of the first half of the chapter? Like, why did Edward draw this out for two days and make her, like, dread her life? Like, what was the point? I was thinking the exact same thing. I was, not that I want this. I do not want Stephanie Myers to hear this and think that the fans want this. But I would be genuinely interested in almost the Midnight Sun version of just this first part of the book. I mean, I'm sure I would want some maybe for what's going to happen later. I don't really know. But, like, I was genuinely interested on Edward Cullen's 
thoughts on this, his, like, where his, where, why he's doing the things that he's doing, why the timeline he took is, and also what the other Cullens are doing right now. I'm genuinely interested in, like, what Alice is thinking during all of this, like, what Jasper is feeling, like, I feel like Jasper may feel responsible for all this, like, I, the fact that they all are gonna move, I, I would really be interested in hearing their side of the story and Edward's because it's like very, I did not expect the cons to just peace out. We are out of here. Was not expecting that. So it would be interesting to see what their perspective is. Yeah. It kind of like hurt last week when I was like, what do you think? He's just going to avoid her at school. And you're like, yeah, he just like will avoid her. And I was like, little do you know. He literally is while simultaneously being next to her. Yeah, true. And then he really eats himself out of there. Also, last thought before I jump into, like, page by page. But don't you think, just picture your Angela Weber or Jessica Stanley. Wouldn't you think this was weird that all of a sudden, like, they're just gone? It would be bizarre because while they are a quiet presence in the school... They are also simultaneously a very loud presence. Like, Bella immediately notices them on her first day. Her attention is drawn to them. And Jessica has some tea to spill about it. She's like, everyone here knows the Cullen story. They're all together, like this and that. I feel like the school would be a buzz. It would be very bizarre that suddenly this hot family is gone Uh, do I mean it doesn't seem like questionable circumstances but for them to say I mean I guess they don't really have any friends but I was was gonna say like without saying goodbye to anyone or like making any kind of effort to say like hey we're out of here like I know it's last minute like even if that was the case for a normal person I feel like there would be some effort from a high school student's perspective to be like hey I'm leaving next week bye You know, it would be kind of weird seeing that as a normal person, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, And I almost wonder if that's why Edward waited like three days or whatever it was, just so that it wasn't like overnight, they were just suddenly gone, because that would be real sus. Yeah, and I can also see Bella, like, if he was like, hey, I'm going to be leaving in three days, my family is moving away in three days, she would put up such a fight. She is so driven I would say, for what she wants, that, I mean, we saw that when she thought her mom was in danger, she found a way to sneak around literally a family of vampires to be able to save her mom. She would find a way to cause some ruckus to get the, get her way about the situation. And even when he's trying to break up with her, like, she's, like, kind of, like, fighting back on it, like, trying to, like, like, almost get her way in a way. And when he's maybe gonna break up with her like hey you want to come by like why don't you come by tonight you know if he had told her with time in advance she would have done something she wouldn't have just sat there and taken it she would have taken she would have taken it into her own hands to find a way to fix the problem yeah I totally agree with that well I guess we jump in so as Paige says the chapter starts with Bella saying that she had she felt hideous she hadn't slept and 
basically the just the next few pages are just like Edward is not saying anything. They're going through the motions of school, and Bella is just really scared and worried. Um, you know, he's like doing polite things where he's like, "Is your arm bothering you?" And also, Alice at this point, Alice and Edward are supposedly the only ones still high school aged. So Alice isn't at school. So Bella is assuming it's just her that's gone, but she finds out later everyone's gone. I'm assuming, I don't I don't know if we find this out eventually, but like maybe Edward was the only one left at that point, like doing the cover story. Or maybe Carlisle was at work because they do mention that he like said he got that offer. Yeah, I mean, it. I could see any of that being true because it will take like, I don't know, five minutes for them to get wherever they need to go. I mean, Edward definitely could have stayed. Carlisle could have said his goodbyes because Carlisle does seem like the kind of person who would say goodbye and thank you for the relationship that we've had, like with his work friends and all that jazz. So I could, I mean, I could see Edward just being the only one there. Yeah, anything's possible. But also talk spreads in a small town. So I feel like if Carlisle was like, hey, we leave and it would like get back around somehow before Edward had a chance to tell Bella. So maybe it's them, too. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I could 100% see that being the case, too, because it will literally take them less than an hour to get to their family. Yeah, wherever they may be. Where do you think they are? I mean, my mind goes to Denali because that's they mentioned that in this chapter and. I mean, they have friends there, so it would make sense for them to at least go there while trying to find a new plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, Bella goes to work that day after her birthday, and um, when she gets home, Edward is there, but it's almost like I almost wish he hadn't been there because he stays in the living room with Charlie the whole time watching like a game on ESPN, which like Edward has never expressed any interest in this at all. Yeah. Do you think that he's ever done this before? Like spent time, a lot of time with Charlie without Bella? I don't know. My instinct tells me no, but then also wouldn't Charlie be like, this is kind of weird. We can't hear Charlie's thoughts, so maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking, that in my mind, I thought that this was abnormal, that he does not do this. So if I were Charlie, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? I personally thought that he was sitting there with Charlie to be like, hey, I just wanted to let you know that, like, I'm planning on ending things with Bella. Like, I feel like she's going to take it poorly, but I just wanted to be upfront with you and like, blah, 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 blah. I don't think that that's what was happening. I think Edward was just awkward and didn't want to spend time with Bella and was putting off doing the thing. Right. Which at that point, it's like, don't even come over then. <laughs> yeah, don't don't come over. It's, it's so awkward to read. And Bella is like, she's put through so much anxiety and turmoil during this, like, Edward knows that the outcome of this is going to be bad because Alice has already told him it's going to be bad. You're just making it worse. Like, you know it's going to be bad. Just get it over with. Yes. Yes. Agreed. It's like, I just don't get what... I would also like to see his mindset because I'm like, what what are you achieving here? Other than, like, stalling for time like we were talking about, which maybe Bella is just a sacrifice of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in the bottom of my heart, I think that Edward 
wants to do this, but also simultaneously doesn't want to do this. And he knows that he's going to break up with her. But he wants to salvage as much time with her as he possibly can, even if it's awkward. Because in his mind, like, this is going to be it. Like, I'm never going to see her again, and I'm going to stay away. So even if it's awkward, at least he has this, you know? And we see a little later, like, towards the end, that even though he says, like, he's gone, you're never going to see me again, he still shows a little bit of compassion and, like, looking out for Bella that he didn't necessarily have to do. So I think that he's just kind of, like, taking as much time as he can with her. Yeah. Yeah, I can see him doing that, too. Yeah, my note for this, actually, this page that we're on was, like, this chapter makes my stomach hurt. Like, the whole thing is just, like, I feel the same way. And my note for this page was that I hate the way that Bella talks about herself and has been talking about herself, like, in the beginning and up until this point, because... You can see that she she knows that things are awry and pretty much up until the breakup and probably after she's blaming herself and being kind of a terrible person to herself and describing the way she looks. And I mean, like, like I'm just like my eye, I'm just looking at the page trying to find an example. My eye immediately finds, is your arm bothering you? He asks solicitously. Who cares about my stupid arm? I muttered in disgust. Like, just everything that she talks about herself is very negative. And I feel like it's her being like, well, you are disgusting. Like, you aren't worth any kind of my appreciation because whatever, something that you did caused Edward to not want to be with you anymore. Whatever you did, the way that you look, the way that you are, your plainness, et cetera, et cetera, is the reason that we are where we are right now. And I hate it. Personally, I hate it. Yeah, I also hate it. Yeah, there's more of that coming in this chapter, too. Um, Also, one thing that I skipped over that I just wanted to make brief mention of on page 55, I was kind of, I have to admit, I was kind of surprised that they, like, that she's still doing a little bit of that background explaining who characters are, but she mentions Laurent and I was like, Oh, I forgot about him. Like, cause he supposedly was going to go see um, the Denali coven. So yeah. Yeah. I, I read that too. And I was like, I didn't realize that Laurent was actually going to like follow through. Cause I think he mentions that or like Carlisle says, like we met some people in Denali. Like if you're, if you're the, up that way, you know, we know s- some a coven up there he's like oh maybe i will i didn't think he was actually gonna do it i thought he was just like oh yeah sounds good and then was gonna go do his own thing so kind of kind of nice that he's like that was a good advice carlisle i found some cool people up here yeah it is nice um okay so bella another thing that makes my stomach hurt this whole chapter is bella just is like trying to like duct tape everything together have you seen that meme where a cheeto is like holding a door closed no, <laughs> it's like a door and like in the lock instead of like the actual lock it's literally a cheeto and i feel like that's what bella is doing like she's like okay well maybe if i like take some pictures at forks and like document my life before edward and i leave which i'm like girl that was never gonna be the plan but okay so she does she like awkwardly takes pictures of edward and charlie in the living room and her room and like the the scenery around and then Charlie takes one of Edward and Bella that we'll get back to 
in a bit because it relates to what Paige was just talking about. Um, also, it had me so dead how Charlie, this is on page 62, where he says, enough pictures for tonight. You don't have to use the whole roll now. I was like, roll! Oh my god, roll! That's crazy. It, it, old tech alert. Truly. It took me back. Did you ever have those like disposable cameras that you get for trips? Oh, yeah. We had a Walgreens literally a five-minute drive from our house. So I used to have a drawer filled with disposable photos. It was amazing. That sounds so good. I would love to see those now. Oh, you know what? I do know where they are. I have a box in my closet that is tape shut that just says photos in it, and I'm pretty sure they're in that box. Next patrons-only event, we're going to be opening that box. <laughs> I... I'm obsessed with that. I actually really love that idea. <laughs> okay, fuck it. We'll do it. Screw it. Okay, so Edward leaves basically being just rude and saying he won't stay tonight. And Bella literally stands outside in the rain, which is so, like, it's very cartoony, but also, like, I feel like we've all been there. And then um, the same thing happens the next day. And Edward doesn't even show up to her house, but she does get the pictures developed. And so, yeah, going back to what Paige was talking about. It's so sad. Okay, so this is page 65. Um, the, the last was a picture of Edward and me standing awkwardly side by side. Edward's face was the same as the last, cold and statue-like. Statue-like. But that wasn't the most troubling part of this photograph. The contrast between the two of us was painful. He looked like a god. I looked very average, even for a human, almost shamefully plain. I flipped the picture over with a feeling of disgust. So sad. And then when she puts it into her scrapbook, she literally just folds it as if she's not even in the picture. Which does happen in the movie, and it's very, like, affecting. Also, on page 64, I just skipped over this a bit, but, like, another time that she is talking bad about herself, um, it's towards the end of the page, it says, after school, Edward walked me back to the parking lot in silence. I had to work again, and for once I was glad. Time with me obviously wasn't helping things. Maybe time alone would be better. That is, like, really toxic. It's not, like, based on you helping things. He has to help things. He's the one causing the problem. Like, he's not, it's not like, oh, maybe if I just, like, don't hang out with him tonight, it'll help things. Like, no, that's not how it works. Yeah, I mean, if someone, if it's going to help things not being together, you just shouldn't be together. Like, if it's go, if it's going to make the other person feel better that you are not together, that person doesn't want to be with you. Like, I, I don't think that's not the situation. But, like, if this were different and it's like, oh, well, you know, he seems to be happier when we're not together. Don't be with him. That you're making you're making things harder for you like he he's being toxic to you if he doesn't want to be with you then don't be with him you're gonna make yourself happier by not being with that toxic person i also wanted to mention two things okay. from a couple pages ago um so first of all most importantly i think what made this chapter the most I guess emotional for me was I've I've experienced this before and you know there's been one or two people who have left my life relationships that have ended that have been a long-term relationship multiple years and 
in for the majority of the time in those relationships I have been a person where it's like my partner has been like I think that you're amazing like I'm obsessed with you you're like everything that I want like visually uh, like I I have the feeling that I am completely wanted and desired and you know like how a good a good feeling in a relationship like the your partner wants you is attracted to you loves spending time with you and like you feel wanted because they make you feel wanted and when things are kind of becoming tumultuous and coming to an end the feeling that that is coming to an end like feeling unwanted by the person who has made you feel wanted for so long is extremely upsetting and like yeah spending your time alone is going to be sad but losing that feeling of almost like validation I guess from another person who has built you up for so long and knowing that that is gone I that is exactly what's happening with Bella and I do got to say, like, I can see where the hurt is coming from, from her and where the like, almost like the denial is coming from the her trying to justify other stories in her head, because Edward has built her up for so long saying like, you're everything to me, you're my whole life, I don't think I can continue on without her or without you. And this is all that she's known, like, this is really the only relationship that she's been in. And this is what she's been experiencing for like, mm, eight months now, nine months now, whatever. And for him to be acting like this, now her brain has to kind of like make up a story that goes along with that. Like, oh, well, you know, he's acting weird because we're going to move somewhere else. And, you know, he's just doesn't know how to break the news to me. Like, like it's almost like half of her knows that he doesn't want her. And it's denying that fact in trying to, trying to take what she knows and transplant it into another story and it's just it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking I've lived it I know the feeling and it's just it's so hard to see it happening to someone else even if they're fictional it's very sad yes I totally agree I know you have a second point but let me just share my thoughts on that um I have to say like she actually holds her ground when the actual breakup is happening this is obviously a little bit later on but she holds it better than I feel like I might have at her age and her maturity level because she's like, she almost like kind of fights back on it. And then it takes him being like, I don't want you to come with me. You're not good for me. I don't want you in my life for her to be like, oh, okay. Because she's like, that's not what you've said. Like, I feel, I just feel like back then with my self-esteem at her age, I would have been like, like, he would have been like, I'm breaking up with you. And I would have been like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, in a it, like not wanting to hear those words being said, like I've already kind of like accepted that, and I feel like that's what you're saying, but I don't want to hear you say it. Yeah. Like if if I heard someone say that, I would be disintegrated. I would I it, I would be like a poorly constructed flan. I would fall apart. <laughs> Truly, okay, go go on with your second point. Second point, not as important or serious. But why is everyone throwing this expensive camera around? They are literally throwing the camera to one another. And, like, why? 
you do not do that with expensive pieces of technology. Do not throw cameras around. I And then at one point, Charlie sits on it. He takes the camera and he puts it underneath like the cushion or himself. And he's like, we've taken enough photos tonight. Don't treat the camera better. I literally hadn't thought about it at all. That's hilarious. I, I was floored. Because like at one point, I think in the past chapter someone throws Edward throws it to Bella or something she like almost drops it and then Edward catches it or something like that Charlie I think throws it to her she like fumbles it Edward catches it and in my head I was like why would you even do that and I'm pretty sure that Stephanie even writes like I don't know why they thought that that was a good idea but now everyone's throwing the camera stop throwing the camera. Use two hands. Travel safely with it. It probably has a strap. Wrap it around your wrist so you don't drop it. Use it like a Wii remote. Paige is really cooked up about this fucking camera. <laughs> oh my god. Tina is directly behind me. I did not know she was in here. I leaned back and felt something. She's right there. That's so funny because I saw her like 10 minutes ago. I've known that she was there the whole time. Did not know. That's funny. Um... I had a thought that I was going to bring up later, but we're kind of already on the subject, so I'll just do it now. Can we talk about their summer? I saw this. This is not an original thought by me because I saw this post, like, God, forever ago on Tumblr, and I would never be able to find it now. But it was just kind of saying, and I completely agree with this, that, like, how wrong of it, of Edward it was to, like, basically, because Bella says the best summer anyone's ever had. And we know, because we've read Midnight Sun, that this doubt, this wanting to get out of the situation, this thing that devastates Bella, was there the entire time. So basically, he's been leading her on for four plus months, maybe more. That's terrible. It is terrible. And I feel like I've seen this in a million different TV shows where someone wants to break up with someone and they put it off and it ends up being worse. Like, if you, being broken up with is shitty, regardless of the situation. It's shitty for everyone. There's going to be hurt. You can't avoid it. It's better to just do it. Because it, the hurt is going to be there no matter what time you do it. The longer you put it off and the faker you are about shit, the worse it's going to be. Totally agree. It just makes me sick. Like, when we were reading that part in New Moon, I was like, Meh. Tina is now on my book. So I don't think we can continue. It's been a fun episode, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, she just moved. She heard us talking shit. Okay. So once Bella has kind of this, like, moral or mental crisis about the pictures, um, it's finally the third day after her birthday. And so then, you know, it's the same at school. And, you know, he's still not talking to her. But then at the end of the day, he walks her to her truck and he asks if he can come over now. And she says, yes. Um, and so they go there and he asks her to take a walk with her. So it was really funny to me that, like, they took a few steps into the path on, in the woods or whatever. And she was like, some walk. <laughs> it was just, like, irrelevant at this point, but it's so funny. Um and so Edward kind of starts saying, like, Bella, we're leaving. And it, there's this horrible few moments where Bella thinks she means by we're, it's himself and Bella. And then she realizes 
it means the colons without Bella. And then this is kind of where this is all pretty much dialogue. So forgive me if it's annoying to be like, and, and he says, and she says, but you know, she tries to argue and be like, I'll come with you. And you know, what happened with Jasper was nothing. You promised me in Phoenix that you would stay with me. He says, as long as that was best for you. And then she brings up the whole soul argument, which was like interesting that she pulled that right out. Paige is making a grimace face. I'm just like, she's, she really is pulling out everything she can to try and I don't know, end up, end up on top to salvage things. I don't know. I feel like she really threw Carlisle under the bus in this moment. Cause, cause she even said, she's like, yeah, Carlisle told me that. It's like, leave Carlisle out of this. He's, he's not here right now. He's not part of this. I know. I do feel bad for him. That's so true. Um, so she says, you can have my soul. I don't want it without you. It's yours already. Sis, we might regret that in about two minutes and 17 seconds. And, or even less. That's when Edward kind of shifts his tone. And he says, Bella, I don't want you to come with me. And she's kind of processing that. And she says, you know, well, that changes things. And he, I don't get why he needed to go on. Maybe to like, you know. Because it seems like she wasn't really being convinced, maybe. So maybe this is how how he felt like he should do it. But he was like, I'm tired of trying to be something I'm not. I'm not human. I've let this go on much too long. Never say that in a breakup. That's literally the worst fucking thing. You're not good for me. And then Bella to herself is like, not good enough for you. Which in the movie, she says that line out loud. She says, not good enough for you. And it is heartbreaking. I, um, I don't know, just, I've been through enough breakups in my time that reading one, I just can't handle it. I'm sorry. It's, it's rough. I'm, I don't like, I really, I don't like Edward, and I'm still on the fence about Bella. Um, (laughs) but still, I'm still sad. Yeah. I am too. And I'm trying to like skate through it as fast as I can. I have had one breakup in my life where it was like this kind of like pleading thing. And it is humiliating. Like afterwards, you're like, why was I, why did I even bother? Like the decision was made, but in the moment, speaking only for myself, obviously, but in the moment I was like, this will (laughs) help. It's like not going to help. Also to go back to what you were saying about Edward really like, like saying, you're not good for me. I don't want this anymore. And kind of hammering it home because Bella wasn't sort of accepting it. Not to make light. But it did remind me in SpongeBob of what the episode with Mystery the Seahorse when SpongeBob releases her. And then he turns his back because he can't look at her. And he thinks that she's still there and not leaving. And she's like get out of here you big dumb animal but she's already gone and Patrick is now there and he's just like okay and leaves <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is accurate and hilarious thank you for bringing that up bring some levity to this situation yeah so randomly in the middle of all this he's like I want to ask you a favor don't do anything reckless or stupid do you understand what I'm saying Okay, thumb pages give me a thumbs down. What what are your thoughts? My thoughts are I'm breaking up with you and I'm shitting on you, but if you don't mind, 
can you do something for me? And of course, Bella says yes. And I feel like he knows that she's going to say yes, because it's so in her character to cater to him and do what he wants of her. And I'm like, if you're separating yourself from her, why do you care what she does? Like, I know, like, obviously, you know, be nice to humans and be kind to your brothers, not wish negative on them. But you're doing a lot right now to remove yourself from the situation and say, like, you're never going to see me again. You're never going to hear from me again. It's going to be like I was I didn't even exist. But if you can make sure that nothing bad happens to you, because I like remove yourself from the situation. Don't ask anything else. Just leave. You, You don't need to be doing this right now. I fully agree. What do you think? Like, why do you think he's asking that? Well, I feel like he's, in his mind, been, and I mean, kind of literally, he's been protecting her for a long time from dangers. And granted, I would say pretty much all of the major dangers have kind of come up because she's been with him. But he's not going to be watching her anymore. He's not going to be her bodyguard. He's not going to be able to provide that supernatural support that he can. So she's kind of on her own now. And he knows that she's accident prone and that she's fallen down all over the place. So anything bad could happen to her really at any time. So just kind of maybe reminding her, like, please try not to trip and fall through another window, even though that's not what happened. But like... That's, yeah. that's in my mind why he was saying it, because it's like, I'm not going to be able to be here to keep you safe anymore. Yeah, totally. Okay, yeah, so after he asks that, he does what Paige said. Um, you know, I'll make you a promise in return. I promise that this will be the last time you see me. It will be as if I'd never existed. And then he has the audacity to, to say, to say you're, just, you're, you're human. Time heals all wounds or whatever. And Bella's like, well, what about you? What? Okay, you know that Cardi B gift that's like, what was the reason? We'll post it as part of the episode. But it's just basically Cardi B yelling, what was the reason? What was the reason for him to be like, I won't forget, but my kind were very easily distracted. He smiled. The fuck? I had an issue with that, actually, because I'm going to present... Um, a piece of evidence on the contrary to that your kind are easily distracted. Hold on just a second. <laughs> She's literally getting up and walking across the room. Okay. <laughs> Folks, she's holding the 800-pound marble that is Midnight Sun. <laughs> I think there's about 200 pages here of you trying to not think about Bella and then somehow ending up in her bedroom. Interesting. So I don't know. I don't know if the argument stands up. <laughs> we have the receipts sweaty. <sighs> My eyes are rolling into the sun. <laughs> Again, but even if that was true, why would you say it? It's just like completely pointless. And then he says, that's everything, I suppose. We won't bother you again. And then that's when Bella realizes that they're all gone, like everyone's gone. And he says, I stayed behind to tell you goodbye. And then he says, goodbye, Bella. Take care of yourself. She closes her eyes because he, like, kisses her forehead. And then when she opens her eyes, he's gone. 
and Bella totally loses her shit. Not making fun of her, not saying it's not justified. She just does totally lose her shit. She kind of tries to start looking for him, but she I, I'm guessing it's like shock, probably, what she's going through. Um, Paige is nodding. Because she just like she's like, oh, I'll just follow him, even though she knows, like she even says that she knows she won't find him, but she's like, I'm just gonna keep looking until I find him. And she's like walking in circles, and then finally she trips over a root. I'm guessing it was because it's like the forest, and she falls and doesn't get back up. I just this forest is so, and I I don't even know if I want to bring this up now. We'll talk about it a little more later. But this forest has been such an aid to Edward in being able to hide in and sort of spy on her without her knowing. I, it was it was where he would go when she didn't know anything about him being a vampire and he wanted to know more about her. So, I mean, I don't have any evidence for it, but it doesn't seem outlandish to think that he wouldn't be watching her right now. Like, I know he said that he's removing himself, but... I feel like it would totally be in his character to just want to make sure that, like, she gets out, you know? Yeah. And he knows that this forest hides himself very well, so I could see him doing that. And we, well, now nah, we'll talk We'll talk about it more later. We'll talk about it more later. Okay, yeah. I mean, we know he leaves at some point to write that fake note to Charlie. <laughs> And he does do all that stuff in her room, too. But, I mean, that can take Edward Cullen, Pagan God of Beauty, all of five seconds to do. So, I, I, all I'm saying is that, like, this forest, I could just see him just creeping around, just like, he would, he would hate himself if he broke up with her and then she just died in the forest right there. Like, he would never be able to forgive himself for that. So, I could totally see him being like, let me just make sure she gets home. she just gets home you know let me just let me just ensure that you know yeah I could see it that's interesting I hadn't really thought about it to be honest um so yeah so Bella just kind of lays there for a while and she comments that coronally let me just say coronally that it's a new moon so there's no moonlight coming through the trees wow it's the name in the book I I always get excited to hear what the what the names mean. And I mean New Moon was very obvious what the meaning of it is. I'm still waiting for Jacob to come in. I mean, we actually get more of a taste of what's to come in this chapter than of all of Twilight and all that jazz because, you know what? It's a new moon. I know you get excited. I, we are the opposite in that way. I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> but there it is. It happened. So she's laying there, and, and then she realizes after a while... She calls herself Days. I think that's a good word for it. She realizes after a while that people are calling her name, but then by the time that she realizes that she should answer, they're not doing it anymore. Then it starts to rain, and it rains on her face, and then they start calling her name again. And then she hears... So I'm at the bottom of page 74. Suddenly there was another sound startlingly close, a kind of snuffling and animal sound. It sounded big. I wondered if I should feel afraid. I didn't. Just numb. It didn't matter. The snuffling went away. She's just kind of laying there, like, hearing all these noises. Then finally, like, someone breaks through with a propane lantern, and it's a new character. His name is Sam Yuli. So what was your impression of this guy? I, um, does it say that he's tall? Yes. 
Yeah. I immediately connected him with the snuffling. My mind already associates, this is what I wanted to bring up when I was just talking about the forest. But this forest was, in Twilight, Bella's first feeling of supernatural. She falls asleep in her backyard and she wakes up, looks out into the forest and feels ominous. She feels like something is out there watching her. She just doesn't feel safe. She goes inside. This forest already in my mind, I associate it with Bella kind of getting a weird supernatural feeling from it. Now she's in the forest and she hears some snuffling. No, it's not a pig. I would put money on this being a werewolf. And what do you know? Sam just shows up and finds her. Was the snuffling come from Sam? Maybe so. I'm sorry. I got, I'm stuck a couple seconds ago when you said pig because now I'm picturing a fucking razorback pig in the forest and it's horrifying mental image. I'm picturing like a truffle pig in France. I don't know what those look like. If any of you don't know what a razorback pig looks like from Arkansas, don't look it up. Save yourself the fear. Very scary. They have they have tusks, right? Yes. The famous one that's like the mascot for the school there is literally named Tusk. The fifth. I think Tusk the fourth died. Rightfully so. No, <laughs> no offense, Arkansas. I mean, no offense. <laughs> May he rest in power and hell. Mm -hmm. I also, I made a note of this because, I mean, I just mentioned it, but when I read about Sam, it has no description of him whatsoever, except that he's tall. Um, but knowing that the snuffling was happening and a little bit ago, um, and I'm waiting to get more Quileute Supernatural stuff, I made a note and I'm like, is Sam indigenous? I want to know. It doesn't say if he is or not yet. But my immediate thought was the first person who finds her happens right after the snuffling sound. I am curious if Sam is perhaps associated with the Quileutes in some way. And guess what? It sure, I, I don't know if it's explicitly said, but later on he's hanging out with the group of them. So I just assume that that meant that he is. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that seems like a fair conclusion to draw. But I think you're right. I don't think it comes out and says. Because Bella isn't aware of who he is. So we are as readers. Um, but he says, you know, Charlie sent me out to look for you. And that kind of like wakes Bella up a tiny bit where she's like, oh, I, Charlie does matter. So he picks her up and carries her. I'm assuming back to the house. This whole thing is like Bella is just very confused. So we have to kind of extrapolate what's happening. Um, but Sam says to the group waiting there, no, I don't think she's hurt. She just keeps saying he's gone. Bella says to the reader, was I saying that out loud? I bit down on my lip. Yike. I'm picturing, okay. Close your eyes and picture this. Okay. Paige is lost in the forest. Oh no, she's gone. The search party is out looking for her. A tall, handsome man discovers her and carries her out of the forest. And I'm having an internal monologue about who knows what. Um... They bring me back, whoever, this man, he brings me back to my family who is so excited to see me. And um, they're like, is is she okay? How is she feeling? And this man goes, 
I don't know. She keeps, she just keeps saying pepperoni over and over and over again. I just, I don't know. She, I, I think she just wants pepperoni. I literally knew it was going to be something about pizza. I was like, I bet she says something about pizza. And then it was pepperoni. <laughs> also, you painted a very vivid picture. I was picturing it. I was picturing Brenda being excited when you got home. <laughs> mhm, mm-hmm. I, um... Not that the listeners care at all, but my mom and sister came up to where I live um, for a brief visit uh, yesterday, and I was at the funeral home where I work, and they met me there, and I got permission from my boss, who owns the business, to show them around the back, which is fine. It's not like that's abnormal. They actually um, are very encouraging of people coming and looking in the back because they want to promote, like, what we're doing here is safe and, you know, we're clean, we're open about what we do, you know, your loved ones are going to be taken into care here so you can see where they're going to be. Um, and my mom met my boss and they got along so chummily. I was like, do you want to work here, Brenda? Because you can have a job here if you'd like. I'm sure that I'm sure that my boss would be OK with that. Oh my god. I'm just picturing Brenda working at the funeral home. That's funny. Yeah, she we I took her into the prep room, which is like where we do all the like the crazy stuff, you know? Not crazy, but like the the stuff, you know? And she was like, I never thought I would be in a place like this alive. Like <laughs> uh, true comedy. The height of comedy. I love her so much. Yeah. Okay, so Sam hands her off to Charlie, who struggles to carry her, but he gets her in and onto the couch and, you know, puts some blankets on her. There's a doctor there who is examining her. It's weird because Bella has this moment about syntax because Sam asked her, have you been hurt? And the doctor says, are you hurt? And, you know, both are technically yes, but Paige has some thoughts on this. This is what solidified in my head that Sam could, if if Sam was not the person snuffling over her, that he was associated with the snuffling, because are you hurt is very general. I would ask, are you hurt for anything? Have you been hurt implies that something specific or someone specific has hurt you. You would you could say, are you hurt if something or someone hurt you? But if you say, have you been hurt? You are implying that you are aware that something would cause the hurt. It it, it shows that he or whoever the snuffling, who, the sniffing, you know, the smelling, knows that something was awry. This takes me back to when Jacob is bopping around the swan house and he keeps smelling the decay. He smells like something is rotting. And all of those times, Edward has been around. I feel like whoever did the smelling smelled the the vampire smell. And they found her laying in the woods and associated vampire, she's laying in the woods, she's been hurt because they don't like the vampires. So I, when I read, have you been hurt? That's all that went in my mind. And it made me think like, Sam has to be indigenous. He has to be part of the Quileutes. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure that Sam did the snuffling 
And, you know, it just, for, I think for the Quileutes, it further solidifies that the vampires can't be trusted because they left Bella like this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the optics of it are real bad, for sure. <laughs> if, you know, not just the optics, the actual situation too. But um, yeah, that's interesting. So um, the doctor ends up being like, well, I think she's just exhausted. So like, I'll come check on her tomorrow, let her sleep or whatever. And then she hears the doctor and Charlie talking about how supposedly um, Carlisle got this offer that was very sudden. So they, the Collins left. And so then Bella is kind of in and out. I meant to mention too that like, um, what Paige mentioned earlier, um, Bella observes enough to see that three tall men with dark faces from La Push, the Quileute Indian Reservation down on the coastline, Sam Uly among them, were standing very close together and staring at me. And then also there are Mr. Newton with Mike and Mr. Weber, Angela's father. And then she later says half the town must have been looking for me, which Bella is going to be so mortified when she like realizes that this is what happened. She hates that kind of shit. Anyways, Bella is kind of falling in and out of, I don't even want to call it sleep, but just like her numbness that Paige was describing earlier. And the phone keeps ringing and Charlie's just reassuring people. So then um, finally he gets a phone call that's a little bit different. And he says something about burning. And so Bella's kind of listening with more interest. And then Charlie calls Billy and um, there's like an irritation or anger in Charlie's voice when they're talking to, when he's talking to Billy. And then he says, well, don't apologize to me. Yeah, yeah, just make sure the flames don't spread. And then um, he thanks Billy for sending Sam and the other boys up. You were right, they do know the forest better than we do. It was Sam who found her, so Sam who found her, so I owe you one. So kind of more credence to your theory, Paige. Yeah. And Billy sent Sam, so. Yeah, it makes me think that all of this is happening with Bella. Charlie calls his his closest, I'm assuming, his closest friend, Billy, to tell him about what's happening. Like, he needs to be comforted. And also, you know, if you have any insights. And I'm sure Billy's like, you know, we're you're going to get through this. Like, we'll help in any way we can. And then he's like, psst, hey. I know that you're really good at smelling. See if you can go sniff her out. Snuffling. <laughs> snuffling, indeed. I feel like snuffling has to be the name of this episode because we've said it 400 times. <laughs> it it better be or I'm quitting the podcast. Okay, well, I guess we don't have to talk about what the name's going to be this week. Okay, so then when he gets off the phone, Charlie gets off the phone with Billy. Bella asks what's going on, and Charlie is reluctant to say it, but she eventually says that the Quileutes are celebrating the news that the Colons left, which is so petty, but I have to, you know, I, we have no choice but to stand. I'm, I'm trying to think who could leave town in my life that I would set a bonfire and celebrate. I can think of one singular person, and it's the man who called me stupid at Chipotle one time. Yeah, I really can't think of anything, but not to bring another SpongeBob reference in, but if the opportunity is there, it makes me think of when um, Squidward thinks SpongeBob is moving, but then his house gets eaten by nematodes, but he like throws that party for himself, Squidward does, and he's like, ha 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 ha, in his house alone, like dancing. 
And doesn't the house literally regrow in the time that it takes for him to dance? Yes, it's so sad. Okay, so after this conversation, Bella's kind of realizing that she can't hold on to her, like, um, what's the word I used? Dazedness? I don't know if that's a word, but um, she can't hold on to that, like, unawareness anymore. You know, she's kind of like, it's kind of hitting her. And then, so kind of to, like, stall a little bit, she asks Charlie how he knew where to look for her. And then she discovers that Edward left a fake note that's, like, almost basically in her handwriting or very close to it, that she was going for a walk with Edward. So, you know, he planted the seed for Charlie to be able to find her. And then Charlie has to be the one to be like, Carlisle took a job with a big hospital in Los Angeles. I guess they threw a lot of money at him. Which, it is kind of weird that Edward wouldn't give her, like, the cover story, at least. Because, you know, they still don't want to be exposed by this town that they're leaving behind. So it's like kind of, I don't know, I just thought it was weird that he wouldn't be like, we're telling people we're going to L.A. But I guess then she would have been like, well, where are you really going? You know? Yeah, but also, I feel like Bella would be the kind of person to make up something, for Charlie at least, you know, like, like what did Edward tell you? And then she would be the one to cover for him, or the the Cullens in general, she would be the one to cover for them. So why not just have her on the same page? Yeah, that's a good point, because Charlie is pretty surprised when he's like, they didn't tell you? He didn't tell you? And from Charlie's perspective, you know, Bella and Edward have been this very close couple for a long time at this point. For him to not tell her that would be super weird, I feel like. Like, because to him, they're just breaking up. Like, he's just moving. Like, that's it. It would be super bizarre to not only find out that she doesn't know where they're going, but also that he just left, didn't say goodbye, didn't make a huge deal of it. Like, that would be so bizarre as a parent who has watched him be so close to his daughter and have also have a relationship with Alice for so long, too, and have her not do anything, too. Very weird. Yes. And then there's the element of his daughter was literally left in the woods. Like, I don't blame him for being like, he's kind of being insistent. Like, I want to know if Edward left you out there alone in the middle of the woods. Like, I honestly would think that something else worse had happened because that's a fucking weird way for teenagers to break up in the middle of the woods. Yeah. And also Edward has been so like by her side through the whole recovery process, making sure she's safe, like ensuring that you know, like, that he's going to keep her safe and that she's in good hands, you know, for him to just do that would be alarming. Like, suddenly, a a sudden change in character like that would be very alarming. Yeah, I would for sure think something else was up. Mm -hmm. I agree. Bella kind of, like, pushes him away from that um, kind of theory because she says, "Um, it was my fault. He left me right there on the trail and inside of inside of the house but I tried to follow him and then she like basically runs away because ever since she found out that Edward left the note she's like what else did he do in this house essentially so she runs up to her room and she realizes that he took all traces of him he took the pictures that she just put in her scrapbook he took the cd that he made her like I'm assuming there's other gifts in there that are not mentioned because they've been together for eight months or whatever that he took and so then um Bella remembers his line of saying, it will be as if I'd never existed. And so she basically doesn't 
faint, but she basically does the same thing as fainting. Um, so maybe I'll just read this last little section. I felt the smooth wooden floor beneath my knees and then the palms of my hands, and then it was pressed against the skin of my cheek. I hoped that it was fainting, but to my disappointment, I didn't lose consciousness. The waves of pain that had only lapped at me before now reared up high and washed over my head, pulling me under. I did not resurface. Oof. You got anything we didn't cover? It's mostly just like the solidification in her mind that the life that has been normal for her since pretty much last October, I guess. I don't I don't remember what time of the year that she started at school. January or February, I think. Okay, so then last March ish or this this past March ish more or less um to now which this is the start of the school year so like September August ish well her birthday was September 13th so it's September 16th right 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 um so basically this life and I mean it's been a drastic shift in things like she's discovered this whole universe that she did not even know to be true before and you know this relationship too that has been built this is the solidification that this is real and that everything that she had built that they had built and that she knew to be true is no longer it and now basically her life is going to be different and like facing that is is very hard and as we can see i mean the last words are i did not resurface so this is going to be extremely hard for her yeah yeah i was going to say too that's a good point that you brought up i was going to say that like she doesn't know how to live in forks without edward you know what i mean like she basically from day one had something going on with him because the very like first day of school she had that whole encounter with him and It's hard, I think, both ways, because, like, now this whole town is going to be tainted, like, her life here that she tried to start, you know, she tried to start a new life, like, left her mom behind, went to move with her dad. This whole life is going to be tainted. But it's also bad, in my experience, when you lived a place before and then a person kind of ruins it for you. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's no way to win. Yeah, and I... At one point in the chapter, Edward says, you know, you're human, time heals all wounds, But I'm going to disagree and say this is an extenuating circumstance. I, you know, I'm still every once in a while dealing with, you know, sadness or like, oh, that reminds me of so-and-so, like this and that. But for the most part, I would say like, yeah, the human relationships that have ended poorly for me, I'm pretty much over. You know, I'm, I'm in a relationship now. I'm having a good time. I have never dated someone supernatural who is immortal and have seen things that I never knew was possible. Like Bella literally got exposed to something she discovered was a thing that had she never knew existed before. She is never going to forget that shit. I'm sorry. She's never going to forget it. She may get over the relationship part of it, but she is never going to forget this. She almost died. She had a near-death experience with this family. I just don't know if time is going to heal all wounds. Time might diminish it, but I don't think she's going to forget. 
is crazy. Like, like Forks is forever going to be, like you said, it is forever going to be tainted as that place associated with the Cullens. Like, she's, any time that she goes to Forks, any time she's there, that is going to be what she thinks about, 100%. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I really got nothing to add. For next week, we're going to be doing chapter four. It's called Waking Up. The layout of it is kind of weird. It has like a weird blank page kind of in the middle of it, but just flip the page and you'll see that the it starts not with a new number. So it's still chapter four. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, clearly there's a time jump. I'm, I'm just jumping ahead and saying what my expectations are. Yes. We see that it says October. So there's clearly going to be some time in between September and October, whatever. Um, so I think it's, I mean, if it's called waking up, I feel like it's going to be her school life kind of without Edward, like kind of waking up, realizing this is, this is what life is like now. I don't know if it's going to, it might be home life too, but I think it's going to be like school life majority. Cause I mean, that's kind of like what she has going on now. Like she's still a student. So like she kind of has to deal with that and like I feel like that's gonna be what's important or like the main focus of her life now maybe Jacob will be there but I feel like it's gonna mostly be just like trying to figure out how to be a person living life differently than what she knew before yeah okay um I do gotta ask I think like based on what you know about what else happens in the series like it's clear that at some point Bella and Edward will see each other again because of what you know like about their child or whatever yeah (laughs) so what do you think just random prediction not knowing anything like what are the circumstances like what at this point having just witnessed the breakup would it take for Edward to come back into Bella's life or does Bella go back into his like how does that work I feel like Bella would have to go through something extremely traumatic. Like, like I, it's just unrealistic in my mind that Edward isn't keeping like an ear out for what's going on in her life. Like we can clearly see in Midnight Sun that no matter what he does to try not to think about her, he can't stop thinking about her. So at least for the time being, I feel like even if he's in a different location he might stop by every now and then or just have some way of like keeping an ear out for what's going on in her life so I feel like something like traumatic would have to happen to her in order for him to like show up and be like oh just kidding I do have to protect you you know I have to keep you safe but I don't know what that will be I mean we know from the from the prologue I guess Mm -hmm. that like something something is happening that she has to save someone and I really thought that that was Edward I mean maybe it's gonna be Jacob I don't know I I feel like it is Edward I feel like he's gonna come back at some point in this book but I don't know I don't know only time will tell (laughs) (laughs) okay well we're through the worst of it folks are we through the worst of it I mean, what happens after the end? Like, it can only go up from here, right? This is the epilogue. (laughs) What a great book. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Well, thanks for joining us this week, folks. It's been it's been pretty quiet on our socials. I can't lie. So uh, if you have anything to say, any thoughts, any feedback, any memes, hit us up because we're we're getting a little lonely over here. Um, so our socials are Twitter. We're on Twitter at Taft Pod T A F T Pod. We're on Instagram and Tumblr at Tuesdays Are for Twilight. Our email is Tuesdays Are for Twilight at gmail.com. And we always encourage you to share, donate to, talk about, support the movement of the Quileute tribe to move their ancestral lands to higher ground at mthg.org. And if you are so inclined to look at Paige's old disposable camera photos, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Tuesdays are for Twilight. Paige, what do you got for us? This might be controversial, but I'm, this is, this is what I feel. Free Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Is that the Munchausen by Roxy girl? It definitely is. I'm re-watching the act right now on Hulu, which is a dramatized story of what happened. But that story is whack. I'm sorry. If you don't know what it is, you should look into it. It is crazy. Um, I, m- My heart just goes out to her. Is she the mom? No, she's the girl in jail. Okay, I was going to say, that's real controversial because... No, 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 I'm saying free her. Okay. I don't really know enough about it to comment one way or the other, but if anybody has hate, you can direct it to Paige specifically. I will not be reading it. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll read it. I probably won't respond to it because I'm just going to say it. I can't handle criticism. Um, okay, we'll see you next week for Chapter 4 of New Moon. Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs) Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. (laughs) 